This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world, Peak Too Early. I am one of your hosts, Steve Jenner, and I am not joined by anybody right now. We do have our friend Patrick joining us a little bit later on in the episode for our interview, which we'll get into in a minute. But like usual these days, life has been crazy for me and Mike, and we just haven't been able to get on the mics and have a regular podcast. Um, But we do have a pretty interesting episode coming up, a really fun interview, a little bit of a different interview, like I said, which we'll talk about in in a minute here. But for right now, you just got me kind of giving the intro to the show. Um, But it's a big week here uh, over in, in Lowell, Massachusetts. I am days away from a marathon. I'm running the Bay State Marathon this Sunday. And this is my redemption tour. I, uh, if you have been listening to the podcast for a little bit while, uh, for a little while now, last year, last November, or I'm sorry, two Novembers ago, I challenged Mike and Trent to get back in shape with me and run the Indianapolis marathon, um, the 2022 Indianapolis marathon. So we trained for a year. Well, I trained for a year. They trained for a couple weeks and we went out to Indy last year and I had a, I had a miserable day. It, it was a little humid. Um, it just, I was sick the week leading up to the, to the race and crazy winds. We had 50 mile per hour headwind the whole last 10 K straight into downtown Indianapolis. It was not an ideal day and it was a, it was a really rough day for me. So the second I crossed that finish line, I knew that I wasn't happy with it. And I had to train for another year to run a marathon, uh, this fall. And, you know, I, I, I kind of also made the the uh, the declaration. I'm done traveling for marathons. I'm done putting factors in place that could potentially, uh, you know, hurt me on race day. And I I literally have down the street from my house, uh, less than a mile from my bed is a starting line for a fast flat November, uh, October marathon. So I said, if I'm ever gonna run a marathon again, I'm gonna run that one. So I decided I'm I'm going to I'm going to run the Bay State Marathon in Lowell, Massachusetts and like I said it's happening Sunday morning. And uh I'm ready for it. I'm excited. Uh you know, it's I I feel good, you know, knock on wood. I haven't had any major injury. I haven't had any injuries this past year. Training's gone about as well as it could go, you know, with two little kids and a full-time job. So mileage overall isn't as high as probably where it should be or where I'd like it to be, but long run every weekend, hitting those workouts consistently. Uh, I'm in the gym every morning, hitting the yoga studio. So I'm doing all the little things. I would like to think my, my nutrition is on point. It's probably not perfect. It's probably not the, the Josh Kerr nutrition plan that he was talking about on our last episode, but it's pretty good. I'm happy with it. So we're going to, we're going to test it out on, on, uh, on, uh, on Sunday, see how it goes. So I, 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 uh, I'm excited. I'm nervous, but you know, mostly I'm just pumped for bender season. Everybody knows it goes, it goes once you, once you do the work, it's, it's taper season, it's championship season, then it's bender season. So I think I have my last run this afternoon. I'm going to take tomorrow off leading into the marathon on Sunday. So I think after my run today, I think it's officially championship season. 
So going to have championship season. And then as soon as I cross the finish line, it's bender season. So if anybody's in the Lowell area or going to the Bay State, whether you're running, spectating, volunteer, whatever, we're going to head across the street to the Worthen House uh, restaurant uh, and bar. I don't know if you can really call them a restaurant. It's more of a dive bar than anything. We're going to head over there post-race and we're going to celebrate. We're going to rehydrate. Uh, I believe we have some morning football on. So the morning football will bleed into afternoon football. And I'm going to hang out as long as I can possibly hang. I mean, I'm, I'm typically not you know, feeling the best when I cross the finish line of marathon, but I'm going to try to hang out and see, uh, you know, if, if anybody's around, we're going to have a good time. We're going to have some Miller lights. We're going to eat some, some greasy food to, you know, make our, our souls feel better after we just, you know, went out there and destroyed ourselves for 26.2 miles, but the weather's looking good. I got no excuses. It is what it is. You know, I, I, uh, I, it, it was looking like it's going to rain. The rain's holding off. The humidity is heading in the right direction. It's going down. It looks like it's going to be a beautiful morning. It looks like it's going to be like 44 at the start, and it's going to end of the race. It's going to be around 55, maybe, maybe touch 60, but it looks like most of the race is going to stay under 60 degrees. The wind's going to be down. We're going to get a little bit of overcast, overcast, so the sun isn't going to be beating down on us. I got no excuses. If I don't, If I don't hit my time on Sunday, which – I'm going to, you know, the, the, the goal last year was sub three. I should be well under three, but if I don't get it, I don't know if I'm ever going to get a sub three ever again, because I don't see myself putting myself in a better position to, to run a marathon than I am right now. So, uh, knock on wood, hopefully everything goes, uh, goes well. I have a couple, two, uh, good sleeps coming up here. I got two sleeps left. You know, I, the kids are a little sick, so, you know, I'm hoping I don't catch something in between now and race day. Uh, but everything is, you know, knock on wood is heading in the right direction. So I'm sure we'll, our next episode, we will recap the the marathon and, and how it went. Um, I got, you know, Patrick's going to be out there. He's my bottle class. So Patrick and my brother, Chris, are my bottle class. So they're going to be running around, hooking me up with bottles. So I don't need to worry about any water stops or anything like that. And I was like, and that's the other thing. If this is my hometown race, I'm taking advantage of the hometown and, you know, having friends and family in the area, knowing the, knowing the course, like the back of my hand, this is, this is, this is set up for me. So I'm not even going to be touching water stops. I'm going to have my, my, my bottle team out there, my bottle classes. It's, it's a, I'm doing everything I possibly can to ensure that I'm going to, I'm going to hit that time. So like I said, if I don't hit it, it will be, it'll be a tragedy and I'll probably give up on the marathon at that point if I don't hit it. Um, but anyways, we got a fun interview with longtime friend of the program, Isaac Yorks. Isaac is a former Brooks beast. I think we had him on about, I'm going to say ah, close to three years ago now. I think we had him on. Um, and he's an interesting dude. I remember we had him on. We, it was a, it was a fun interview. Um, we've always had a great relationship with the Brooks beasts and, um, yeah, we, we were fans of him. and, and then he kind of faded away from the sport and he talks a little bit about that. He talks about what happened in the, in this interview. And he talks about maybe kind of looking at, you know, maybe not being done in the sport. And, and, and if there's a, there, there could be a potential future for him, but he talks about an interesting project he is working on. And um, I think that this is kind of an interesting point in the podcast because, you know, we we've never really talked to anybody beyond the sport, but we've built these uh, you know, we've built these 
you know, quote unquote, friends of the program, people that are are, are are running as their career. But we haven't necessarily really talked to anybody. We've talked to people. I mean, we had Ryan Hall on, I remember, maybe a couple other people after they retired, but it was mostly focused on the running piece. Um, but we're, what we do, what we're doing in this episode, in this interview is we're talking about Isaac, about a, a, a project that's completely different from running. Now, it's in a lot of ways very much related to the sport of running. And he talks about how he kind of drew inspiration from running and how there's actually in some, some running in this project that he's, he's doing, but this is kind of an interesting evolution of the podcast. We got to kind of get to hear about one of these people that we've had on one of these pro athletes and how they've transitioned out of the, I don't want to say he's transitioned out of the sport, but what he's done outside of the sport and kind of what a major part of his life is. Um, so I don't, I think with, without any further ado, let's, uh, let's get into our interview here with, uh, with Isaac York. How you doing, man? I'm so good. How are you guys? I'm doing well. Uh, things are things are good. So, um, so Mike and so a, a little bit's changed here. So, uh, my brother Mike, who was on the podcast last time you were on, um, yeah. he's stuck at work, and okay. uh, Trent is uh, he's taking a break from the podcast. But uh, our friend Patrick has been kind of jumping on some episodes with us. So uh, he's he's been he's been a long time listener to the podcast. So he's going to fit in, you know, kind of perfectly with what we're doing here. Dude, yeah, Patrick, I'm you Trent. got the dream job. Yeah, man. I'm kind of like the backup quarterback, right? Like I'm going to come in, you know, hang out, play a couple games, hopefully play well. Maybe I'll go back to being the backup. Maybe I'll get a big contract somewhere else. Who knows? That's awesome. <laughs> and, and, and actually uh, – uh, the three of us all have something in common where I think at, at, at one point, all three of us were employed by Brooks at the same time. Yeah. Dude, I know. <laughs> so Patrick, crazy. Uh, Patrick and I were, um, were, uh, we're on the guru team together. Oh, wow. Okay. So. That's cool. Um, Hey, Oh, one more thing. Uh, should I probably pop in some headphones? So if you want, you don't think it'll get like a sound back um i don't think so okay. I, it's never happened before okay cool i just want to make sure i'm not like messing up no no hey, so, listen, you're the uh you're the audio expert we just uh we cobble this thing together like with <laughs> duct tape and bubble gum every week so i mean you guys got a pretty successful thing going so <laughs> you know keep doing it we're having fun and you know i our lives have changed so much in the past four years um where i mean like all of us have kids now and, you know, our careers are taking twists and turns. And there was a time where like, this was a grind and we loved it. Um, but we've definitely kind of taken a step back and we just do it for fun. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, we, we built a little bit of an audience that, you know, isn't going anywhere and we just, you know, we just have fun doing it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, you, you guys are killing it. I mean, what's the, um, I'm sure you've looked at it, but the metrics on podcasting is some of the metrics are pretty low to overcome. Like it's like 90% of podcasts die after like four episodes or something really low. Yeah. <laughs> but then, then there's like a point though, where um, to be a pretty high performing podcast, like you guys are, it, it actually requires a whole lot of effort to, to get into that, that other 5% there. <laughs> Yeah, we've um we we've we've played that game before and like gone through the the stats and like you know 
if you think of like just how long we've been doing it, the audience that we have, we're technically like a 10%, like a top 10% podcast out there, right? But mm-hmm. we're probably like 5% away from, <laughs> you know, making money off of it. And like, but that jump from being like a top 10% podcast to a top 5% podcast is just an enormous jump. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I got my fingers crossed for you guys because that would be a dream, right? To be able to just do this full time. You know, yes and no. I mean, like, I don't know if that's the goal anymore, right? Like, um, we had your, we had your, uh, Mike and I were talking, we had your former teammate on Josh last episode. And, and after he won world championships, we were just like texting with him, congratulating him. And he's like, I want to come on your podcast. Right. Like he's like, I he's like, we've had a relationship for like almost five years now. He's like, I want to make sure like I'm doing interviews with the people that believe me a long time ago. And I was talking with Mike and I was like, Mike, when we first hatched this idea over five years ago and I told you the world champion reached out to us to come on our podcast, would that have been enough? And he's like, without a doubt. Right. So yeah, it's, it, it's kind of one of those things where I, I'm kind of happy with what it is. You know, I'm happy with where we're at. I it's it's fun. It's a passion project. It's a way for me to, you know, keep touch with friends and and my brother and and honestly like the people that listen to the podcast, like I've become like really good friends with a lot of them too. And that's that's enough, you know. So yeah. if it if it's never anything more than this, like I am fine with that. Dude, that is that's the way to look at it. It's yeah. it's the journey, not the destination. Exactly. So. Oh, yeah. how, how how have you been, man? Oh man. I I think all in all pretty good. Um as as life comes, right? Like uh you get thrown some some crazy curveballs and uh I would say my life has taken quite quite the flip um in terms of just like what was up is down, what was down is up and and uh but it's not bad. It's just like almost like I've stepped through a sliding door into just a different chapter of my life. Um, but we're good. My daughter is its crazy. She's not a baby anymore. She's a toddler. We have another one on the way right now. No way. Congratulations. So, <laughs> Dude, congrats. That's Thanks. awesome. How, how, just, old, I, how old's your daughter? She's going to be, uh, she's like 18 months right now. Okay. So not, you know, she'll be two before we know it. And then the other one should be coming out anywhere right like a little after her birthday wow. so we're not in the two under two club but we're yeah we're close enough man <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah i've got a uh i got a uh what will be a six month old baby girl uh she'll oh. be six months next week so how you sleeping the best dude not too bad man honestly like she's getting her first couple teeth right now so it that's been a a bit of an adventure yeah. Um, waking up a couple times a night, but up until this point, she's been so easy, dude. Like she, for probably three months, so like two, like two months to five months, mm-hmm. slept from six p.m. to six a.m. straight. That dude. it was incredible, dude. We were like, oh my god, we're so lucky. Blah blah blah. Um, we're having a bit of a wake up call now, though. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, well, let me tell you what my my wife is. Uh, this is a weird thing to be passionate about, but she's ridiculously passionate about sleep training kids, so that you can get like pretty much full nights of sleep. So yeah, if you guys ever need a hand, she is like, she would just love to like hop on a call and and help you 
figure that out. Oh, like, for sure. We, we it's literally a weird passion, but it she's I don't know. She's like a baby whisperer. That Before sucks. you came on, we were literally like having an in-depth like brainstorming conversation about sleep training about our children. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> dude. So, I mean, I don't know how it is for you, but what we found is it's like it's wake windows and feed and full feeds and how you time those up, um, which makes your life get on a schedule. So if your life's not scheduled, I, I don't know if her things would work, but yeah. Well, that's awesome, yeah. man. I'm uh, I'm happy for you. That's a that's a that's a crazy life change since the since the, I mean for all of us since the last time we talked. Um, are you are you still running at all? Oh man, so that's a that's a story in itself, right? So, um, I'm at I've technically been cleared to start running again. Um, in January of this year, um. I, the, the head doctor for the U S Olympic committee got connected with him because I think the last time we talked, yeah, the last time we talked, uh, I was really struggling with a lot of underperformance stuff. And, and I, it looked like things were taking a, taking a turn for the positive. I know Danny felt that way. I felt that way. And then it just, it got worse and worse and worse to the point where I, I thought, I thought I was losing my mind. I thought I was crazy. Right. I was like, Oh, I just, I've lost it. Completely lost it um so anyways got it all this time happens you know nobody can figure out what's going on i'm getting told over and over again like you know you're just not trying hard enough or whatever and then eventually so then i lose my contract move to north carolina because i get an opportunity to potentially run with puma team and uh training goes well for the first few months um and then it just tanks and it, it, it tanks almost worse like I mean, I can, I can barely, it's like running in a swamp in sand or whatever. So they, they are like, Hey, something's wrong. Um, we'll connect you with the U S Olympic coach or U S Olympic doctor and guy by the name of Randy Wilburn. If you ever get the chance to like talk to him, highly recommend it. This guy is like, uh, just phenomenal. And he was, he was Michael Phelps's doctor, but he's also like the preeminent, um, scholar on, uh, underperformance and specifically figuring out what it is. And so we found out that it was a, um, I was having reoccurring mono and we knew that as I lost my contract from a lot of testing, but we thought that was like the thing. It turns out that that was the symptom to the issue, which was just, I just getting hammered in training and like from years prior and having adrenal fatigue build up over the years. And so he looked at everything and he said, Hey, yeah, I've seen this before. Um, your adrenals are messed up. If you had, if you, if anyone had known, um, all you would have needed to do was take like a week, two weeks off. He's like, huh. but it's been years of this. And he's like, you need to take like close to a year off. No. And it was, he was like, not just a year off of running. He was like a year off of exercise altogether. So I've just been cleared to start training. Um, so I don't know. We'll, we'll see. You know, that's one of those kind of like curveballs I was telling you about where it's like, all right, I'm out of contract, but the the road to get back to have a contract, you know, with a kid here, a kid on the way, it's a very tricky one to manage because there's no way I can get something paid, right? And at least for a year, maybe more, um, because, you know, if I'm putting myself in the shoes of people signing contracts, you're, you're not going to take a guy 
coming back from something like this. So, um, a little bit of running, but trying to figure out like, all right, wh- where does this fit in with like taking care of my family and stuff? Mm-hmm. So that's where we are. Dude, I, I, I got to imagine, um, you know, kind of that, that process of, you know, kind of coming down and, in in the, you know, the symptoms just kind of building and not knowing what's going on has to be extremely frustrating because every runner, right. I mean, you ebb and flow, right. You have times where you feel like you're on top of the world and you're like a robot and nothing's going to stop you. And then you have times where, you know, you just, you just feel like you're just putting one foot in front of the other. Um, and you and it kind of comes and goes. And the more, the longer you're a runner, like the more experienced you are and the more you understand that. Um, but to have that feeling of being like, all right, I'm on a downswing and it just keeps going down and it's never coming up. It's gotta be, it's, it has to be scary. And it also has to be like, it has to be really tough because when you, when you, with the success you've had feeling that upswing and feeling like, you know, you, you can compete with anybody in the country, um, and not being, know that you're doing the right things, but not being able to get anywhere close to that, that has to be like the most frustrating thing in the world. Oh man, it it was uh, incredibly hard. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people actually go through this. It's from my understanding, it's a relatively, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of underdiagnosed. What usually people say, the doctors say is like, oh, you're just having underperformance and it gets masked as like a, a mental thing or something like that. And for some people that might actually be the case, but from my understanding from talking to Randy, like more and more people are getting diagnosed with that. So that that aside, it's like the journey, like you said, through that, going from, oh gosh, in 2018, I felt like I was poised to like really take a big step onto the world stage. And, and I knew that I could feel it. And then to have it, it's almost like waking up and having like your superpower, or your talent, just kind of like taken. But it, it's what... It's not like it was like, you know, it was instant. It was just by like very marginal amounts that slowly increased over time. So, yeah, it was a little bit of a like an identity crisis in a way um, as well. You know, going from something that I'd built up to over years in a relatively quick time, having that disappear, having to come around and and go through the spiral of like, what am I doing wrong? What 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 could I be doing better? And then, of course, with this particular thing, the more you try, actually, the worse you make it. Um, so, yeah, there was a there's, you know, I'm still working through it. Right. Like, what what does that mean? Um, but I do think there's coming out of it. There's going to be a, a huge amount of like lessons on resiliency learned. Um, so, yeah, Th- thankfully, um, I have felt I've had this calling to all of these other things like writing and stuff like that. And, and uh, ultimately feel that's probably where my impact is meant to be. So that helps, you know, not going from something to having nothing at all. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and we're going to get into uh, you got, you got some big news and some, uh, some, some pretty cool stuff that, that dropped this week. Um, but I do want to, I do want to just kind of, before we get into that, I, I want, I do want to say, you know, I think, and I, and, and I, I can speak from from a lot of experience here. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not necessarily trying to 
a fight for a pro contract and get my career back on track. But uh, going back to our conversation about being a parent um, over the past couple of years, rededicating myself to the sport has been an extremely important part of my parenting. Um, you know, it's, it's time that, because as a parent, you give your entire day is, is pretty much being given your entire life is being given to somebody else. And then making sure that you have that time to, to get in, run in, get to the gym, you're doing something for yourself. So you are making part of your day for yourself, but then all the other benefits, right? It's, it's, um, you know, it's, it's giving me, uh, you know, mental clarity, it's helping me feel good. Um, but then the other the thing, the piece that I'm, 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 I'm shocked at how much my kids picked up on. It's the role model piece. And it's setting the example of living an active lifestyle and doing things to challenge yourself and set goals. Um, so I, I think that, you know, with your new life, and, uh, you know, with your your family and this writing, I I absolutely think that you're you're kind of uh you're the 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 part of your running life can't go away. That's yeah yeah no I, I was gonna ask you when you first brought it was like where, where exactly is going and and I I think I 100% agree with you right um on on all of it right so there's some like crazy stat about kids who see their parents doing something active will pick up on those those habits for the rest of their life by like some crazy amount uh percentage and um but yeah then you know i think it's been interesting talking to people who haven't been through like athletics in the way that you and i have or um the other athletes who might, might be listening to this and and it's yeah i don't think it ever does leave you right like the the ability the discipline the lessons learned they just transfer over you dedicate yourself into other areas, but that athlete mind never leaves. And yeah. um, that's been another thing of pondering recently. Right. And and seeing that come, come through in many ways. And um, I never really thought about that, you know, going through my, my career and who knows, maybe we'll revitalize the career, but it, it's cool actually seeing those, those skills and those talents transfer. Yeah. Uh, and and we'll, we'll move on. I, I just want to tell one story here. So um, my my boys are two and three and uh, my wife's a runner, too. And we go to road races often. Um, and, uh, you know, the kids, they have fun. Right. You know, they you know, they you know, they're they're usually seeing other kids or, you know, usually like with my brother or my parents are spectating us. They've done kids road races. Sometimes they do kids races at, at these races. And I forget what we were, but we were driving around and there was some sort of like carnival going on. And like people were having fun and there was all this like, you know, excitement going around, going on, like where we were. And my oldest turns to me, and goes, he goes, he goes, Hey, is this a race? And I was like, I was like, no, <laughs> it's not a race. Why do you think that is? And he's like, well, there's so many people here and they're having fun. And I was like, all right. <laughs> he's associating <laughs> these road races with having fun, which is, which is really cool. So. That's amazing. You're raising them right. <laughs> I, yeah, well, we'll see about that. But and then you got you got Patrick <laughs> over here. I know he, uh, he, you know, he's he's got the itch a little bit. He's he was a former, you know, high school college stud that hasn't been doing any running at all. But he's like he's asking me questions on running shoes. He's been telling me he's been getting out there. So I think he's getting he's it, getting the itch back a little bit. It's it's funny because listening, you know, to you guys kind of just talk there about you. Know, 
you know, the discipline of it, how it like carries over into other aspects of life. I've certainly, you know, experienced that like with work, trying to get better at other things, whether it's like cooking or golfing, golfing hasn't gone that great, but like finding those other outlets, um, to kind of drive your, you know, your competitiveness through, right. That inner athlete. But on the flip side of things, it's like, there's this one thing that I know so well, and I kind of took like some time away from it, a lot of time away from it. Mm -hmm. And now where I'm a parent and it's like all day is either, you know, working to support my child and then going and physically supporting my child, feeding her, changing her, bathing her at this point in her life. And then we'll continue to support her. Um, having that time, you know, to yourself to, you know, drive, you know, competitive edge or just some time to like think and just like, you know, decompress, even though I'm not running as far as, as, or as fast as I used to. Right. It's, it's been great. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, no matter what, yeah, no matter what though, I think Isaac for you, like whatever the rest of the path is for running, whether it's, and hopefully revitalizing, you know, the competitive career, but even if it's just to like, you know, you're in the writer's room and getting some writer's block. Ah, I got to go out for two miles and just clear the head. Right. I think it's it, it like Steve said, it's it's super important to kind of keep some aspect of that, you know, in, in your life. But, you know, I'm excited to, to hopefully run fast at a road race again. That'd be cool. Dude, you got it. You 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 got to do it, you know, become the king, become the king of the pond. That's where it starts. Then you you go yeah. out to the lake and the ocean. Okay, what? Okay, Patrick, I got to ask you: Is that was that you on one of your guys' videos recently that was sprinting up the road, showing off to all the other dads? No, I saw that on your guys' social media, and I was no, dying no. when I saw it. <laughs> so I've been. Uh, this is actually a perfect episode for this because I've been trying to like uh, dive into um, dad athlete culture on Instagram and trying to build connections <laughs> with dad with, talk. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 trying to like, you know, build connections with uh, you know, um because we're we're evolving as humans and we're evolving as a podcast and uh, you know, we're all we're all dads, right? And 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 a lot of what we talk about is being a dad and being a runner. Um and so I I I see the podcast kind of evolving that way. And there was this one guy I stumbled upon his uh his Instagram and it's all about um you know, showing up the other dads in the neighborhood and making sure that he's the alpha dad. And there was one there, he posted one clip of him sprinting up and down the street. And I'm like, I do that, you know, and my neighbors <laughs> think I'm a lunatic. Right. But I'm sending a message that if anybody wants to smoke, lace them up and meet me on the streets. Let's do it. It runs, it runs through me, baby. It runs <laughs> through me. <laughs> where, where are you guys located? I might show up. <laughs> Massachusetts, Lowell, Massachusetts. Let's do it. Yeah. That's up the road. <laughs> well, you're on, you're on the East Coast now. You said you're in, where in North Carolina are you? North Carolina. It's a little place uh, called Hillsboro and wow. it's, it's nuts. So we got the opportunity to come out to North Carolina um, to, <laughs> to run with Puma. And uh, we just picked a place. We didn't yeah. even see the place like we like the, the rental. We just got rid of everything on complete faith and drove out there. And the first time I got the keys and saw the the town and everything was when we got there. So yeah, yeah we, we ended up in this little place called Hillsboro and uh, oh man, it, it couldn't be more perfect. It's like, see, it's a secret haven of like writers. So there it's full of like New York times bestsellers. And then 
it's like a hopscotch skip away from all of the good running spots, like the American Tobacco Trail. Yeah. We have this um there's this place called the Okanichi Speedway really nearby. And it's a uh, the sto- the local legend goes is there was this business guy flying over North Carolina back in like the 50s. And he's it's just all woods and backcountry, you can imagine. And he's looking out the window and he just see he he sees these cars racing in the woods on this like hidden track. And so he has the pilot land the plane and it turns out that he he goes and asks him about it. It's just a bunch of hillbillies. Hill, I can't talk. It's a bunch of hillbillies coming out, racing, <laughs> drinking moonshine. And he goes, that's it. I'm going to buy it. And the story here is that's how NASCAR was born. So it's like this okay. almost mile loop with like old cars on it. And it's it's perfect for running, too. So really that's very sweet. cool. Yeah. yeah, no, that's uh, it must have been extremely freeing to just get rid of everything you own and pack it all into one car. It, uh, it was for me. There was a lot of curse words from my wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, 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 have, we have a system where we're just like, we got so much crap, right? And especially with the kids, right? You just get your house just gets loaded. We have like, we have a whole system now where it's like, if, if something comes in, if a box comes in this house, something's got to leave. And we're, we're like trying to like pare down the amount of like the amount of crap we have. So like I just have I have dreams of one day just selling it all and starting fresh, getting that clean slate. I mean, it's been one of the best things for us. So I, I recommend it. I recommend anyone try it at least once because you know what? You see you see where your where your treasure actually is. That's true. So, yeah. You you see, see what, that is not in my future, dude. We live in the house my wife grew up in. So I I got roots in there. Okay. <laughs> They're staying. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, those boxes in the basement aren't going anywhere. Well, but hey, uh, it's been it's been uh, we've gone long enough. We need to hear about the red line. So uh, you you sent it to me um, about a month ago, I think, and I listened to it and I thought it was awesome. Um, I actually sent it over to Patrick a couple of days ago. He's been listening. He's been enjoying it. And I'll just start off by saying, um, and I think I told you this in the email. I'm not really a sci-fi guy. Like I've never, I, it's not like necessarily something I, I do a lot of reading in. I don't necessarily seek out sci-fi um, movies, but I really enjoyed this audio book. It's a, uh, it's a 14, 15 part. It's, it's 14 parts. Yeah. 14 part audio book. And you have it posted on Spotify. I would imagine like all the, all the podcast platforms. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it's a story of a, I'll, I'll I'll let you I'll let you kind of tease it here, Isaac. You want me to give the pitch? Okay. Yeah, give the so, pitch. So, yeah, it's a um, it's a it's a sci-fi series, and it's somewhat similar to our world, a little bit different. But um, yeah, it it each episode's about ten minutes long, and it and it it follows a character named Cal, and you're probably wondering like, well, what the heck does this have to do with running? Well he is a track and field athlete and um, he was aborted uh, and a bio company in this world came in, bought the flesh and then through what I imagine to be very futuristic CRISPR type technology grew him from that material into a human being. Right. But they owned him. And so it's his journey as he's trying to pay off this life debt that he owes to his come to this bio company 
um, who has they have him race and show off like all of the modifications basically as a billboard that a normal person could get. And it's he has to he has to work off, you know, the amount of money they invest into him, which is nearly impossible. Well, the cartel comes in uh, because he has all these modifications that allow him to handle some very rigorous environments. And they tell him you can have freedom on one condition. You you need to do what we tell you and, and complete it. And successfully, you're a free man. And so the story is, uh, it's about this character's journey um, after freedom. And that's lowercase freedom. What he's really seeking is capital freedom, true freedom. And um, kind of where the idea of that comes from is, you know, when the U when the when the United States was first formed, the framers talked about what was freedom, what was true freedom. And I've always been enamored with that idea and, and the idea of like you have freedom, lowercase freedom, and that's unrestrained access to everything you could ever want. And you just go and get it. Whereas true freedom is putting discipline, putting limits on yourself, stewarding things. Um, and so thus never actually becoming a slave to your own passions and Cal's faced with a very, some very hard choices. And he ends up, he, he has a moment where he can choose to be completely free or he can choose this, this true freedom where he, he burdens himself with something, but in doing so actually freeing himself. And so it's, it's kind of that, that's what the story is really getting after. But I, you know, as a, as a professional athlete, um, prior, uh, you know, we talk about something called the red line and it's this place that you, you go to as an athlete where it's like, you're on the edge of, of blowing up, going into the danger zone falling off the cliff and, or making it to your, your destination. It's a very scary place to be And most. I'm going to say a lot, honestly, a lot of people, they get really close to the red line and it scares them and they back away or they never learn to walk the fine line of the red line and they go falling over the edge. And so it's a little bit of a psychological look into, I would say actually in the writing, you get some very real looks into like, at least from my point of view as an athlete, what it was like to be in the red line, but there's some metaphorical ideas of the red line as a place. And um, so I know I thought, I thought I've always wanted to write this story of this, this nexus of um, fantastic science fiction um, with some very real life uh, experiences that I've had. And, and it was kind of, you know, it was kind of timely, right? Cause it, there were some things that I think made their way into, into the series as I was working through going through these, these diagnoses from the, from the doctor. So it was mm -hmm. a long pitch. <laughs> no. And and I, I will tell you for for the track athletes out there, episode one, it's a it's like it's just kind of outlining. It, it's it takes place in the middle of a race, and there's all of this um, imagery and sounds of being in a track race, and it's a really cool. I I mean, tell you tell you the truth, like I didn't know what to make of this kind of coming in, but I wanted to go into it, to it with an open mind, listening. And right after that first episode, I was like, this is so cool. And I'll tell you this, I think. And the, the the thing that I think you're really talented at, Isaac, is being able to tell a complete story without saying very much, right? I mean, you gave more information in that pitch than you give in the first episode. 
Um, but you start putting the pieces together, right? Like halfway through the episode, you learn about this life debt and you hear about, you know, the organics and you hear about the cyberlink and yeah, it, it, you start like it forces you're like trusting the audience to start piecing the puzzles together, to start piecing the puzzle together. And you get more, you get more information as you go. Um, but you're, you're kind of, uh, you know, in, in some ways figuring it out for yourself as you go along, you kind of trust the listener to do that by, you know, you know, through the, the picture you're painting, um, which is really cool. For sure. I mean, I, in my opinion, any good story is never actually finished until whether it's the, the viewer for TV, the listener for audio or the reader has, has consumed it. And so you have to leave that room and that, that trust that they, they can do, they can, that they can make those leaps or they can get those images which means you have to, like you say, you have to craft a bridge just close enough. And um, so, no, that's really that's really heartwarming to hear you say that you felt that way about it. And uh, I mean, I think episode one is probably maybe the most direct episode in terms of into the track world. But, you know, I, I've had a few people listen to it who have no connection to track at all. And they walked away and they said, uh wow, I didn't realize that that's like, you actually have all those thoughts in a race and um, just asking questions like, is that what it's actually like? And, you know, I was like, in, in some ways, maybe no, maybe it's being a little dramatic, but in, in a lot of ways, there's, there's a lot of similarities. And, and, you know, everyone who goes out to race the race is generally that nervous, even if they don't show it. Yeah. No, that's totally. Uh... Go ahead, Donnie. Sorry. Totally. I feel. Uh, no, I'm, you know, as Steve mentioned, he's not like a huge sci-fi fantasy fan. I'm on the other side of things. It's a lot of what I read personally. Um, and and something that's interesting to me, and obviously like a lot of writers always get this question, right? Is like, what does your process look like? But I'm really interested to hear, you know, if through, I've listened to through the first, I think 11 or 12 parts, so I'm almost finished. But you reference a lot of kind of, you know, medical type terminology, different things that are going on within that world. I'm curious, like, as you were, you know, writing this story, you mentioned you've always wanted to write this, this type of story with kind of track interweaved, how much of like what you were going through, you know, with the, these different diagnoses kind of influenced that. And also like in your conversations with, um, you know, these doctors, like what did you, did you pull anything from those conversations and kind of weave it into your story at all? Mm, well, you know, I'll be honest, I, I didn't really pull too much in necessarily from conversations with the doctors. So, although there are things that, like you said, like uh, medical terminology or um, like there's an, there's an episode where he, Cal is getting, um, like IV drips of vitamins and stuff like that's that. That's exactly right? the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. 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 So, uh, that's actually just pulling from personal experience, not me personally getting that, but talking to people who have been, you sure. know, and I think, you know, I, gosh, I was competing for Brooks for six years and you just get inculcated in that world and you just, you start to, meet people you know just the the craziest characters um and you start to hear about these things so uh i've seen that that administered before and and even in with like um usada there's which is the anti-doping association there's only 
I think they allow like a little bit of that, but it's such a minor, minor amount. Um, so I think I was pulling a lot uh, from personal experiences. Uh, but I think where it gets really way more interesting, like outside of like the medical technologies, like the, some of the like more psychological things that Cal was going is, is experiences. Um, especially in terms of like not being able to figure out why am I not doing well having, you know, and, and kind of that spiral that maybe you feel from him that is 1000% pulled from my own experience. And it, it was a very timely um, moment in my life to be writing it because I was at the peak of that. Um, so I think I was able to really kind of capture that raw from, from, an actual person's perspective. Um, so yeah, I think does that answer your question? No, definitely. And <laughs> I think, you know, I think you um, bring up another interesting point talking about like your personal experiences through that stuff and listening to some of the chapters, you know, Cal gets back and it's, you're feeling this way because this is, you know, going, this is happening. Your cortisol levels are, are this you know, try this breathing technique to, to make you feel better. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and bring those cortisol levels back up. So I imagine that's stuff that you've actually had to maybe, you know, try yourself and go through. So it's very interesting to hear that perspective on it. Yeah. Well, and you know, what's, um, I, I guess an interesting aside about the world of professional sport. I have found that some of the best athletes stay very simple. They, they don't go you know, in some ways they're, they're more refined in how they approach the sport, but they're, if you were to look at them at face level from how they were in high school, not, not in times or performances, but maybe kind of, you know, not taking a million supplements or doing this or that, you might say like, oh, what, you know, they just kept getting better without doing anything else. Um, for a lot of athletes who get to the highest levels, you start getting all these things thrown at you. You start getting like, you should do box breathing. You should do nasal breathing. You should get this supplement or that supplement. And for me personally, I was, I'm a very, very coachable person, which is good until you get to that point where everyone wants to be a cook in the kitchen, because then you don't, that very coachable athlete is like, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll, yeah, sure. I'll try that. That's fine. I'll just add it in. And eventually you're doing a thousand different things. And so I think some of those things that we were, that you were talking about pulling in, those are all things like that maybe I haven't done, but like, they're very realistic that you could yeah. see a person getting inundated with and, and spending their entire day focusing on every instance on like performance and all of that. So now this question is going to make uh, sense to people after they go and listen to the red line. Um, but talking about pulling, you know, from your life and applying it to the story. Um, are you trying to tell us that Danny used to beat you after races? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, there is a, there's an old, <laughs> there's an old let's run thread that, uh, <laughs> um, Kaz Loxham left after Danny uh, farted in his face. So, you know, I'm not, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, saying like no. with all the jujitsu and everything, like, is this, you know, I mean, is this just an obvious thing that's happening? Look, look, I can't, 
I can't say yes. <laughs> but have you seen that guy's biceps? Dude, the guy's, guy's ripped. Jacked. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um yeah, no, there, there's a there's a there's a lot of interesting characters and, and for people that have kind of I, I just think it's you know people that have kind of followed your career, there's gonna be a lot of like, hmm, I wonder who who he's pulling from inspiration for this character and that sort of thing. So uh it's 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 kind of you know it's 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 fun to think about. But um well man, like I like I said, I I, I really enjoy this. It's a it's a fun listen. It's not like a super long listen. Like I I knocked it out, I had I was going, I had like a car trip for work and I think I was in the car for maybe a little over an hour with some like phone calls in between episodes. And I, I knocked it out one car ride. It was, it was, I, I really enjoyed listening to it. Um, and I think I even sent you an email because you sent it to me and um, I, I forgot. And, um, and then I went back, I was like, oh man, I, I, I wanted to listen to that. And I think I sent you an email like halfway through being like, man, I'm, I'm enjoying this. This is great. I can't wait to listen to the rest of it. Um, we got to get you on the podcast. So, um, I'm pumped that, that this is out and people can go listen to it. Um, but I think you were also talking a little, a little bit about how, you know, this is, this is a passion of yours and you want to grow, you know, this, this part of your life. Is this something, do you intend to keep putting out more audiobooks? Do you want to take this in other directions? Yeah, man. I'm, I mean, this is, I think that this is the reason I was like put on this earth is to, to tell stories. And, um, you know, this is one, the 1000%, this is something I want to keep doing. Right. And my goal right now is to be putting out one novel, uh, one short story and one audio book a year. So, so three different things. And right now we're, we're on track to do that. We, I finished all through 2024 and am midway through finishing 2025 stuff. But yeah, I'm hoping to grow this from, from passion to job. And I want to cover like a range of things, right? So I've done a few fantasy things um, like Flintlock era, very fun stuff. But like I said, this is something I've, I've wanted to do for a long time, which was combine track and field and storytelling. And let me just tell you, man, like, I think track and field is growing a lot right now. I mean, we have like incredible people in the sport. I mean, we have Josh, you know, you just had him on. But then we have like, I haven't enjoyed watching a sprinter as much as I've enjoyed watching like Noah Lyles and um, Shikari and you know, there's a lot that's bringing the sport up just from performances of athletes. But I, I see this because I, I'm going to, I'm going to jump back into the red line and I'm probably going to do, there's like a, there's a big time gap in the last few episodes or the, the episode 13, episode 14, you're getting a huge time gap in more of like, what's the end result of his choice. Mm. And I want to like go into that and I want to like dive more into to the that psychology of of an athlete in life maybe in a different phase of life but mm -hmm. i want to weave elements of track and field into other stories maybe more purposefully like this and do my part to to elevate the sport i mean we have the sport has so much to offer there's yeah. so many stories of individuals and i just i got this feeling that with the people we have in the sport right now with the eyes that are kind of going to it that we could really if we can turn culture towards it as well we can also 
we can we can like what you guys are doing with your podcast just give it give it a, a bigger platform and and share our love with other people and hopefully maybe bring people to the sport right so yeah, yeah no I, and i i think there's i think there there's definitely some really positive things for the sport and the, and, and probably the most positive thing is is some of the personalities in the sport i think that there's there's some better personalities in the sport than we've seen in, in a really long time. Um, but to, to bring the sport up, you got to fill in the gaps. Right. And I think that, you know, I, you know, every sport has, you know, storytelling, even if it's not, even if it's like, you know, not just, you know, profiles on athletes, if there's, if you can have some fun with the sport, I mean, that's, that's in every sport. And, um, you know, you get that to a certain degree in track and field and running, but, uh, if you can, if you can, if you're able to grow this, uh, this storytelling and, you know, you know, kind of celebrate the sport through being an author or writer storyteller, I think that's really cool. So, um, the sport definitely needs more of that. Yeah, it does. I mean, shoot, look at, look at boxing. You have so many amazing movies about boxing or indirectly about boxing and uh, people love it. They eat it up. And I think we could do the same. You know, I, I really do yeah. think we could do the same with track. And I, I love I love crapping on the city of Philadelphia. I mean, you know, they they have, uh, you know, in, in real cities, they put up statues to real athletes. But in Philadelphia, they they have a, a, a statue of an athlete um, and it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a fake story. It's Rocky. So, um, you know, maybe He's also could, Rambo. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, it's like, you know, you know, so, you know, there, there, you know, there's cities that put up, you know, statues to athletes and there's cities that put up stories, uh, statues to stories. And maybe one day, you know, Philadelphia can construct a statue to one of your characters. I don't know how I feel about that because you say you love shitting on Philadelphia. So I if I get a statue in Philadelphia, <laughs> then you're like kind of shitting on No, me. that's huge. I love the movie Rocky. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh man. Any any chance I can get to take a jab at, at Philadelphia, I take. But uh <laughs> so hey, what what's next? What can what can people if you know if if listeners of the podcast go check out Redline and they really enjoy it, what can they look uh look forward to down the road from you? Okay, yeah. So I mean Right now, currently, we are almost a month out from the release of uh, a novella called Walk Tall. And that's a a different, that's a, a pace change from the red line. There will be an audio book with that if, you know, you listen to that and you're like, I, I prefer audio. And that's just like a really short read. It's like 140 pages. And it's a first person perspective of a of a kid in a low fantasy setting going through a re-education camp. And um, it's actually related to uh, one of my other novels that's out right now. And then going forward into next year, we were in the works of actually taking the script for the red line and turning it into half a book slash graphic novel. Um, cool. So that's cool. those are some big things. Uh, the only other big thing I can think of is we almost have a a Kickstarter like follow page live to get pre-orders in for 2024's big book. And man, that that's going to be an amazing piece in itself. But yeah, so there's a lot. I mean, if you just go to, if you actually go listen to the red line, it, it pretty much runs all coherently and it's on all podcasts that you would listen to, or it's on my website at isaacyorks.com. Um, and it and it runs from one episode to the next coherently. I, I didn't want to put in any ads like or talking pieces really. 
before or after because I didn't want to break the way that the episode sounds. You know, there's a there's a mood, there's a feeling with the way that it all connects. And so in between episode seven and eight, there's a little kind of announcement about that walk tall coming out. And then the the there's like a bonus episode at the end um, of the whole thing, you know, and that's that more so just kind of tells you about those works coming up. So probably the best way if you want to learn about what I'm doing is, you know, just go check out the check out the link um, uh, for the red line and you'll 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 come across it, you know, on your own. And, and you brought up something that I meant to mention earlier. The um the sound is is incredible. Um and and definitely um when you listen, make sure you're 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 making efforts to listen to it and um just kind of taking the high quality of the sound, whether it's with headphones. Um for me it was nice because I got, you know, I, I have a an a decent sound system in my car. So it uh it, you know it, it came through really nicely. But uh the sound was was incredible. The way that it sets the mood for the beginning of the episode, it kind of cues you how to feel as you're going through the episode and like the different layers that you kind of use there. It was, it was very, very cool. So I did want to want to mention that real quick, but. Oh man, I, I should have put that in my pitch. That That's probably the biggest selling point. <laughs> and I'm pumped to hear you say that honestly, yeah. because you know, it's, it's, it's smoke and mirrors. That's, that's, that's the dirty little secret. No, no writer or anyone will tell you. It's the the goal is to write just enough that you fill in everything else. And it's the same with the audio. You know, it was like figuring out what I don't have to write and how do I make the rest move audio wise? So I don't know. I, I, I don't know what you were expecting when you jumped in. Um, but I hope like as you went along, you were just like, I know you couldn't close your eyes because you were driving, but I hope you got to that point where you felt like oh, I could close my eyes and I could actually like feel like I was in a movie. And that, sure. that was the entire goal. Yeah. No, I, I mean, and I think it's it, it does things to you that you don't necessarily get from um, watching a movie or if there was like some type of visual cue because it forces you to to kind of create that picture in your brain. And when you have like a really nice kind of um, just soundtrack and, and, you know, sound effects to go with it, it it it, it makes it like a really cool experience. So. I was that like, was something I definitely agree with Steve with the sound with the sound effects, the soundtrack. It's not like any other audiobook I've ever listened to. So to like start out, it was it was very like surprising, but you get one, two, three parts in and it becomes very immersive. So, you know, it wasn't what I was expecting when I first turned it on, but I think you did a fantastic job with it. So you should definitely be really proud of the audio aspect as well. And and, and, I, and I will say it, it, there's an opportunity there too because you know I think a lot of times when when people if they put out if they put out an audio book um, they're kind of a lot of times they're they're put, they're giving it to a company to put out or the sound and the and the the music is is a is like a afterthought right it's something that they put on to kind of just you know make it a little bit more colorful but you've put such an emphasis on connecting the sound to the story that it makes it this like a, just a different type of experience. Oh man. Yeah. It's, it's um the back end of that is pretty incredible. It's, it was a long journey to learn how to do all of that. It's, it, it was a lot of sound design self-taught through other dumb passion projects that, you know, turned out really good for this sort of stuff, but it was like, I don't know, the episodes are on average about 10 minutes long and it was like a couple hours for every 
<laughs> every 10 minutes. So the best part of news, my time's not free, but the episode, all the whole thing's free. So that's, that's probably the best part <laughs> about it all, you know? So. <laughs> well, so um, the, the, the best place for people to find your work, you said uh, it, it, you said you have a, you have a website, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if you just go and put my name in, um, and it's I Z A I C Yorks, like mm-hmm. New York with an S in the end. And uh, just put in IsaacYorks.com. It, it'll pop up. And probably about halfway down, there is a, that you'll find like a little tab for it. Um, or if you go to the audio tab, it, it'll take you there. And you can either listen to it all there, or there's like a directory where it'll take you to any podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you prefer to listen. And um, yeah, just just put those suckers in, listen to it on the headphones. And yeah, just be taken away. Because entertainment is what is really what it was. It was to put a smile on people's faces and then, you know, hopefully convey, uh, you know, what it's like to be an athlete and go to the red line and do it all through this fantastical story. So what a, what a way to end it there. That was, uh, yeah, definitely go check it out. Um, we'll, we'll link it on our, we'll, we'll put some links up on our Instagram and our social medias too, to kind of help, help people find it, but go give it a listen. Uh, you're, you're, you're going to enjoy it. I, I, I promise. So, um, Isaac, uh, it has been, it's been great to see you again. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Um, we'll definitely promote kind of anything you're, you're doing forward. We're, 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 we're a fan of you as an athlete and we're a fan of you as a, as an author, writer, storyteller. So, um, we're gonna, we're gonna keep following, uh, your career in whatever direction it goes. And Hey, listen, we hope to see you back out there running a little bit too. We're, uh, we're not giving up on you as an athlete either. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's, um, it's, I haven't given up on it, but it's definitely, it's requiring some strategic thoughts, some tactics, but you know, it's likewise, man. I I appreciate, I love jumping on your guys' podcast. And even when I was struggling through the worst of it and had no clue what was going on, you guys have always been in the athlete's corner. You're in my corner and um, I'm always in your guys' corner. So if there's anything I can do for you guys, you know, call me up. Thanks again to Isaac for coming on the podcast. That was a lot of fun. Um, hey, take it from somebody that's listened to, to Redline. I enjoyed it. Like I said in the interview, I'm not a huge sci-fi sci-fi guy, but I really did enjoy it. It was it was a, it was a fun listen. Everybody listening to this, go check it out. Go listen to episode one. I I think you're gonna like it. I think you're gonna um, you know definitely be interested and want to listen to the to the rest. Um, but yeah, no, we uh. Like I said, we're, we got to, like I said, in the top part of the show, um, we do have to get back on the mics with the whole peak to early crew soon. We got a lot to talk about. There's things happening in the running world. There's some marathon records going down that we need to talk about. So on our next episode, I think that uh, we're, we're going to talk some, talk some marathons. Um, we're going to talk about my marathon and uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot to catch up on between the guys. And also in a couple of weeks, we got former host of the uh, the show uh, show's wedding coming up. Trent Fontanelle is getting married here in in a couple of weeks, and we'll be at the wedding. So I'm sure Mike and I will will try to do something fun with the wedding, and maybe we'll try to put some content out there. I don't know. We'll we'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, let me see. Do I? How do we do this on the Bell app? I guess. Hey, Mike's gonna be editing the podcast. Mike, give me the bell. Let's let's kick off the Bell app. All right. 
I got the mic all to myself here, and uh, I hope I eat these words. But Mike was the number one Mac Jones supporter that I know, and I'm here to tell you, Mike, you're dead wrong. Mac Jones is not the guy. Uh, we got to find a new quarterback for the New England Patriots, which is a really weird point I've ever been in my life because uh, since the age I was I was 13, uh, Tom Brady was the guy, and it's been that way for a long time. Now we're we're here, and we it's it's, it's not fun watch. I'll, hey, it's not fun watching football when you don't have a quarterback. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. I'm relearning how to be a normal fan again and not having a superhuman lead my team to incredible victories on a weekly basis. I can learn how to not expect to go to the AFC championship every single, every single year. Um, so it's, it's a, it's rough over here in, in the new England sports world. Thankfully the Celtics are are looking like they're going to be a badass team. And uh, you know, maybe, maybe we'll, we'll watch them hang another banner who knows. Um, but other than that, I would run faster. Mike, Hit me with the Josie. Josie's 